You only have so much time. And you have a big assignment. I want the entire world to hear the gospel in my generation. I want every person on this planet to be saved. We open God's Word today together to be subject to it, to be taught by it, to be instructed. Let's go. What you're saying right now is, how did we get here? Well, because people do not believe in the sufficiency of Scripture. Is ultimately, that's where it is. Yep. Being Reformed is more than just affirming the five solas. It's more than just affirming Tula. No one is outside the reach of Christ and His blood. If we are truly Reformed, there should be a sanctification, a desire to be sanctified by Christ, by holding onto as tight as we can the one who makes us white as snow. You can no more born yourself again than you born yourself the first time. Just so that you guys don't think we're just pulling stuff out of our cans here. Hey there, welcome to another episode, another season of Matter of Theology, the place where theology matters because everything is a matter of theology. My name is Chris. I am one of your hosts. I am joined by my co-host, Mr. Drew Vanita. And we just want to say officially welcome, 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 welcome to season three of Matter of Theology. That's right. The This episode officially kicks off the third season of our podcast. Uh, it comes complete with a new slash old intro. Uh, we'll, we'll see which one we land on. I guess when you're listening to this, you already heard that, so you'll know which one we landed on. Uh, and it comes with a new logo, of course, uh, co-designed uh, by our very own Mr. Drew Vonita. So, uh, brother, how you doing? I'm well. I'm well. Yeah. Very, very tired, but I'm well. Man, I've started this thing where, uh, um, so I'm doing, I'm doing a lot of reading, you know. Same. Um, I stay up late to read. And, Same. but what I do, I mean, and now it's taken me forever to get through just this one book. So I just finished a book last night, but it was a really, really small book. But I'm reading <laughs> a bigger book. And it's taking me longer because I'm journaling what I'm reading. Oh, okay. And it's just the gems that are in this book are so good. I'm like, oh, I got to write that down. Oh, I got to write that down. I got to write that down. Yep, yep. Um, So that I don't, so that I have it all right there. Um, So, but I wake up in the morning and in the mornings I have, uh, uh, I I read my Bible and then I have uh, prayer time. So it's, uh, I wake up early and then I go to bed late. So by the end of the week, my body's just drained and it's like, okay, (laughs) we need more rest. Yes. Bring on the rest. Yeah, brother. I've been, um, uh, same man, just been reading a ton. I am, um, uh, if you guys listen to our, uh, last, uh, episode of season two, um, we just kind of talked about what we were doing this year and, and I'm, I'm, um, reading through the Bible, um, and have been loving that. And you guys will hear a little bit of that in this episode. Um, and, um, but then studying the book of Romans, I mean, an intensive study in the book of Romans and, uh, 
Um, and so that that's been what I've been consumed with as uh, along with reading a biography on John Wycliffe, um, the morning star of the reformation. Um, and, uh, and brother, I do the same thing, man, I journal, I'll stop, I'll think. And then, um, and, uh, and then in preparation for this episode, I have a book that I've been wanting to read, but I haven't yet. And it's, uh, uh, the duty of self-denial and 10 other sermons by Thomas Watson. So I, I picked that up and have thoroughly enjoyed it thus far. Um, and I'm going to keep that going because it's, uh, it'll punch you in the gut, which is good. Um, and again, you'll hear a little bit of, uh, of, of what Watson talked about as far as self-denial in this episode. So, um, but yeah, brother. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, well, uh, as you guys know, um, matter of theology is a, is a podcast that, that seeks to apply biblical truth to all areas of life, uh, cultural, social life inside the church. And all of life is a matter of theology. We've, we've, we've said that a bunch. And today we're going to address, uh, something that, that needs to be addressed. Um, uh, something that tackles all three of those quote unquote areas, right? Cultural, uh, social, and, and unfortunately what we see today is this subject also deals heavily with life inside the church. Um, so uh, today's topic uh, will be to have a conversation around the biblical definition of sexual morality. So let, let me let, let me give you a little, just a little bit of uh, necessary context um, as to what brought about uh, this topic, uh, this discussion, and the timing of, of when this episode uh, is released. So on December 28th, 2021, Dr. John MacArthur um, is, of course, he's the, the pastor and teacher at Grace Community Church in Sun Valley, California. He uh, and the elders posted um, an article entitled A Stand on Biblical Sexual Morality. Uh, now, for the sake of time, I'm not going to read this, this entire post, okay? But, um, but, but I, I want to summarize some of what Dr. MacArthur, the elders at Grace, uh, have said in it. And what I'll do is I am going to, of course, link that article um, in the show notes. So um, here is what um, this post says, okay? So uh, this is Dr. MacArthur writing, quote, uh, Dear Minister of the Gospel, I write to you this Christmas season to call your attention to an urgent matter in which the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ is under attack. On December 22nd, I received an email from Pastor James Coates of Grace Life Church of Edmonton in Alberta, Canada. You will remember that he was recently imprisoned for keeping his church open during COVID-19 lockdowns. James is a graduate of the Master Seminary and co-author with Dr. Nathan Busnitz of an excellent book entitled God and Government. It's slated to be released in March of 2022. James's recent email gave me insight into the Canadian government's decision to pass Bill C-4, which, quote, directly comes against parents and counselors who would seek to offer biblical counsel with respect to sexual immorality and gender. James indicates that it could be used to criminalize evangelism. To clarify the bill, James forwarded this email from Pastor Andrew uh, Bartolo. And, um, and, and so I'm going to stop there with Dr. MacArthur's commentary and uh, what this, th this bill is now officially a law as of the release of this episode. Um, and what this bill does is it amends the criminal code in Canada to ban or criminalize um, causing someone to undergo conversion therapy or, um, or promoting conversion therapy. Um, 
And, and so, so basically what this means is that if you have someone who, um, who is identifying quote unquote, as you know, you have, have a boy identifying as a girl, you have someone who, uh, is, is a professed homosexual, uh, and you as a pastor, as a Christian, um, want to counsel them away from that. Um, if you have someone who is steeped in that lifestyle and has, has come to repentance, the Lord has granted that to them, and they they begin to repent. That you could be, it could be a crime for you to uh, to advise them, to counsel them, um, in 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 the opposite direction, in the biblical direction. So, um, uh, so so that that's a that's a brief synopsis of what Bill C four now officially a law in in Canada uh, has stated. And so what Dr. MacArthur uh, did is he, he sent this, this post out and uh, he said, uh, just continuing on, just a few more sentences with, with J-Mac here. He said, quote, I'm eager to support our Canadian brothers and to preach on biblical sexual morality on January 16th and invite you as a faithful pastor to do the same. Our united stand will put the Canadian and the U.S. governments on notice that they have attacked the word of God. We are all well aware of the evil power and destructive influence of the homosexual and transgender ideology. Our government is bent on not only normalizing this perversion, but also legalizing it and furthermore criminalizing opposition to it. And so what, uh, that's period, period, close quote there. So he asked if, um, you know, would you, he asked pastors, and I'm going to say something about that here in a second, um, to, to join nationwide. Um, and 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 to to preach on a biblical view of sexual sexual morality on January sixteenth, twenty twenty two, which is when this episode is releasing for the first time. So I just wanted to hit on this real quick. Um, you know, Dr. MacArthur asked for uh, you know pastors to to preach this, and 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 we're not we're not pastors, um, and and you know, and we're not elders. However, we believe um, in the infallibility, inerrancy, and the sufficiency of Scripture. Um, and, and, and this is, this is a huge issue as we're going to get into, this is an issue. Um, yes, an issue that, uh, that, that we see in society and in culture, but this is an issue that has been adopted, um, into those who would profess belief in Christ. Um, this has been adopted and supported by those who, um, would call themselves pastors, reformed pastors, even, um, and so, so, so Drew and I, I asked Drew, Hey man, would you, would you be, would you want to do this? And he's like, oh, absolutely. Um, so I just, just want to put that caveat out there, um, you know, and, and, and just, that's why we're doing this. And so brother, what, what are some of your initial thoughts and um, uh, on, on what Dr. MacArthur posted and then what we see going on in Canada and, and so on and so forth. Yeah. So uh, first, my initial thought is, uh, well, we haven't done an episode on this topic. We yet. have not. So uh, in three years we haven't done, we haven't covered this topic, um, but uh, you know, and though although we're we're not pastors or elders, uh, pastors and elders aren't the only ones that should be talking about this. Amen. Uh, the Christian should be talking about this because That's right. it is it is the in the Word of God how we should view these things and how we should yeah. address these things. Yeah. So. Uh, so the pastor should be talking about them. Yes. Um, the, the mother and father should be talking about these things with their children. Yes. Yes. The husband and wife should be talking about these things with one another. Um, 
you know, these are these are things we should be discussing in in Bible studies and small groups, uh, mm. and I would say in an appropriate manner. Um, Correct. Thank you. Teaching them, teaching them to to if you have a youth group, you know, to youth groups, um, because uh, that can just get very uncomfortable and unnecessary um, and adolescent. Um, but these, because this is something dealt with in the Word of God, it should be discussed, and it should yep. be discussed from a biblical worldview. And and oftentimes, what we've seen. Now, what we've seen, especially since uh, Obergefell, 2015 Obergefell decision, yeah. was uh, it, it's almost like it, it it took off. This like this, it took off even more. Mm-hmm. This kind of revolution, mm-hmm. um, and we'll probably get into that um, a little bit. I'm sure because I'm, I'm sure we're going to hit on Romans one a little bit. Oh yeah, um, tonight, but. Uh, <clears throat> There are things that 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 are rarely addressed from pulpits. I mean, I can think of churches in my in my own town that, in their existence, have probably never spoken on Romans one, First Corinthians six, um, never hit on those things and yeah. the importance of it. Yeah. Um, and that's that's well, brother, the, 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 because well. I mean, there are "quote unquote" churches that don't don't address the duty of self denial. I know I mentioned Watson's book earlier, but they 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 don't. Right. They, they don't talk about repentance of sin, denying self, mortifying the you know the deeds of the flesh. So you're absolutely right, and 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 I mean they don't touch that, so you know they're not going to touch this. It's such a "quote unquote" hot button issue from a political and social standpoint in today's world. So right, yeah. Right. So 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 those are initial thoughts about that. Okay. With regards to like what's going on in Canada. I mean, it, it's so weird because Canada, you're supposed to have freedom of religion. Um, right. That's in their constitution. But when one religion begins to speak from their holy scripture, it's shut down. When, when they go oh, to yeah. actually live according to God's word, well, you can't do it. Well, now we got to put you in jail. Well, now you know there there is no freedom of religion in uh, in totalitarian Canada. Well, and this is exactly why so many um, so many like Dr. James Coates, uh, uh, Tim Stevens uh, is is another name of of a faithful pastor, right. faithful, yeah. true biblical pastor who was who was arrested for just keeping their church open um, right. during these 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 draconian um, lockdowns for, uh, for, for the cold and flu. Let's just call it what it is. Um, and you know, but, but this, this was the point that, that, that we made, this is the point that Dr. MacArthur was making and Tom Askell and Dr. Josh Bice and, and, and a whole host of other, uh, other pastors and faithful pastors who, who they may not, you know, they're, they may not have a ton of followers and that we may not know their names, but this is the whole reason that you don't capitulate and and allow Caesar to dictate what the church of Jesus Christ does in any way, shape, or form. Right. Right. So here's the thing. So so um James Coates, Tim Stevens, right? These are the these are men who stood against tyranny and saying Caesar has no place in what in, in Christ's church. Correct. Uh and, and how we are to govern Christ's church. 
So they took a stand when other people, other pastors, even here in America, were saying, is this the hill you want to die on? Mm -hmm. The problem is if you keep capitulating and saying, well, we won't die on this hill. We won't die. You won't die on any hill. You won't have a hill. You won't have a hill. So, so, so those, those men who didn't stand when churches were being closed, you know, they're not going to stand for this because it, it now now it's actually pushing the antithesis now it's actually getting into the face of the government and and pointing pointing your finger in the chest and saying god not caesar right right well and absolutely brother absolutely and i, I one of my first thoughts when you say that is acts 4 mm-hmm. um you know and and you look at the disciples were arrested i mean it's not the, romans 13 yeah, we, we we can get to that. We can talk about that here in a second. Um, uh, contrary to what some quote unquote reformed Acts 29, Mark Driscoll loving pastors would say, just do what the, just do what the government says. No, that's not what that says. Anyway, as long as act, they're not telling you to sin. Yeah. Uh, well, hello. I'm telling you to not gather at when the when scriptures tell you to gather and, and unless you're providentially hindered. That's sin. Anyway, Acts 4, you see, you see in Acts 4 that what, what do the apostles say? What does Peter say? You do what you've got to do. We must obey God. However, we absolutely we are going to obey Christ. We are going to continue to we're going to continue to to speak up the name of Jesus. We're going to obey what Christ has commanded. So do what you got to do. We accept whatever you're going to do, but as for us, we are going to honor the Lord. So um, you know, and and brother, the, the, the 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 there's a tolerance today. And an outright promotion of behaviors. Now, let's stop for a second and let's just call them what they are. These behaviors are sins. That there's a tolerance and an outright promotion of sins today that was almost unheard of when you and I were growing up in the South. Mm-hmm. You know, but what what you see um, in American society since roughly uh, since 1973. Uh, 1973 is when the American uh, Psychological Association removed homosexuality from its list of psychological diseases in their uh, Diagnostic and Statistical Manual for Mental Disorders. And so when that decision uh, took place, homosexuality and every aberration there unto afterwards has, 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 has just, just continued to fade in and, and drift in and, to be, and, and be brought in and to where now man, we are seeing some breakneck speeds in what is being tolerated and promoted um, in culture and society um, and, and, and even inside the church. So, you know, this bill that, that, that is now law, I said that before, and, and what this law has done is introduce a way for those who hate God and those who have no desire whatsoever to follow him or his law it's given them an opportunity to now dictate the substance of the message coming from the church and her people. We are now seeing a government, a large government and culture desiring to dictate the message and the substance coming from the church. First, first and foremost, and we've talked about this before, culture has desired to dictate the style of our worship. That's where it started. Yeah, it has. Everything from the music and the lights to when, where, and how we gather to worship the Lord Jesus Christ. And now there are many who have capitulated in bowing the knee to the whims of those dictating instead of honoring their king. Mm-hmm. What you yeah. got, man? 
Yeah, that's right. You know, and my, my initial thought, especially since talking about Canada is, isn't that just like the French? Right. Right. (laughs) I mean, and I don't say that just because people don't like the French. Um, Sorry if you're French. Sorry. Um, I apologize. Um, I love your fries. Okay. I love your fries. But, (laughs) (laughs) um, but no, think, think about this. Okay. Hmm. So the, what France did, France had a revolution too. Okay. And what they did was they started, they started their own year one. Yeah. They, they completely did away with everything that had to do with Christianity. Mm -hmm. France did that. Okay. So they weren't going to go by, you know, uh, in the year of our Lord, the, the the way everyone else does and and marking the same calendar years and, and things like that. They started their own year one. Okay. Uh, they did away with everything Christian. Mm -hmm. Well, you see, you kind of see the results of that. Well, right. If, you know, this does absolutely set up the, the means for them to, to dictate what goes on in the church, because it's not now, look, it's not illegal to convert someone to homosexuality, but it is illegal to convert them out of it. Even if they want to be converted out of it, even if they wanted to be converted, that's the thing with this bill. Right. And, and (laughs) talk about even restricting freedom right there. Right. Right. So I don't want to be this anymore. Well, no, you can't, you have to be it. Right. You know? Um, But even still, you know, even, you know, I mentioned the French, you know, and the France is known. And this is why by Benjamin Franklin, he was a frequent visitor to France. He was, he was, he was the ambassador to France um, during the American revolution. But Ben Franklin was an extremely promiscuous man. Okay. Mm. And France, even at that time, was an extremely promiscuous country. And from right. what I understand, still is mm. to this day. Um, so, so the ideas of sexual freedom in that way have done nothing but carry themselves into the modern day um, to now. It's, it's saying you cannot – if you preach Romans 1, if you preach – First Corinthians six, right? Right. Such were some of you, right? Right. Well, no, no you're going to be arrested. That's against the law. You yeah. Can't have that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, it's it, <laughs> this is a decisive step for a government desiring to and and flexing what muscles they think they have to dictate the substance of what's proclaimed from the pulpit through the counseling room and everywhere in between, and. You know, uh, the, the pinnacle of what is happening today, brother, is is something we've seen growing for a while. I mean, so so what I want to do is I just want to I want to illuminate some stuff and because, you know, our, our whole thing with matter of theology is our audience is geared towards the believer. Those who would profess faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, that they love Christ, that they love his word. Um, and, you know, but so what I want to do is I want I want to show uh, some of this downgrade and slow fade that we've seen. And I wanted to look at just very briefly um, uh, something that you and I have looked at and talked about before, and that's the Ligonier State of Theology. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the Ligonier State of Theology, every two years, Ligonier Ministries does a study or a poll, if you will, asking theological questions to a large group of professing evangelical Christians. Uh, and of course, they've named it the State of Theology. And um, so what I want to do is I want to look at a few of these questions 
okay, uh, that, that, that deal with this, deal with this issue of, of, of sexuality, of biblical sexuality. Um, and, and, and so, so here's what we're going to do. I just want to look at 2020. I was going to put 2018 and 2020 together, but I think, you know, this episode is, is being recorded and released in 2022. So it's been two years, so they should have another one coming out soon, but listen to this. This is what, this is what is staggering to me. Here's, here's one question. Okay. Gender identity is a matter of choice in 2020, 38% of professing evangelical Christians agreed with that statement that gender identity is a matter of choice. 15% somewhat disagreed with the question and 10% were quote unquote, not sure. So in some 63% of those asked who profess to love the Lord Jesus Christ and his word were opposed to what scripture states on the matter. Okay. There's one. Okay. I have three questions for us that I, I, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to mention. And then I have one thing to say, and then I'm going to turn it over to you. The second question, the Bible's condemnation Wait, of homeless. Ask the first question. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Gender identity is a matter of choice. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. So the second one, the Bible's condemnation of homosexual behavior doesn't apply today. Okay. It does not apply today. In 2020, 40% of professing evangelical Christians agreed with that question. 13% somewhat disagreed, and 17% were not sure. In some, 70% of those asked who profess to love the Lord Jesus Christ and his word were outside of what scripture clearly teaches concerning homosexual behavior. Number three, and it all comes down to this. The Bible has the authority to tell us what we must do. Simple, right? The Bible has the authority to tell us what we must do. 40% of professing evangelical Christians disagreed. 23% somewhat agreed, and 9% were quote-unquote not sure. In sum, 72% of those those asked who professed to love the Lord Jesus Christ and his word were outside of what Scripture says about itself. One of the things that these issues and these studies point out is the neglect of and the need, to your point earlier, for pastors to be addressing these matters from the pulpit and the counseling room. Pastors are called and commanded to be about the ministry of the Word of God. The ministry of the Word of God applies to all areas of life. They may start in the pulpit, but they do not stay there. They are called to herald the message of our King with boldness courage, and among many other things in love for the lives of those in their care. Now, (laughs) I see you sitting over there, and I can see your responses to each of those. Go ahead. So when when that one first came out, right, we went over that, right? Just like you, me, um, some other folks. 
we went over that. And even then we were just in shock. But I mean, even now it's just like, it's, I get a headache. (laughs) But, and I want to say, I want to say, man, I'm shocked. But when I really think about it, right, I'm really not all that shocked because scripture is not given first place in the pulpit. Mm. God's word is not given first place in the pulpit in many churches today. And and dare I say most churches. Most. Yeah. You can say most churches. Yeah. Yeah. Most. So like I heard this, I don't know who said it, but it was, you know, biblical churches are unpopular and popular churches aren't biblical. Um, And I think that, I think that carries a lot of weight, but even Mm -hmm. still, what I do see a lot of today is, is churches that think they're biblical and think they use the Bible and think they hold to the Bible. They do a lot of, now they cover the same verses all the time. The messages aren't biblical messages. They don't address sin. It's basically just moralism, right? Right. Humanism or moralism. Yep. Just, just, you just got to make the right decision. You just got to do the right thing. But what they, they think they're biblical and what they're doing is what we call uh, springboarding, text springboarding. Mm. Um, Now, if you take my preaching class, I say, we don't springboard. Right. (laughs) We exposit a text. We don't start with the text and as a launching point and then never return to it. Right. So a lot of people, what they do because they, and they think they're being biblical. Mm-hmm. They think they're holding to the text. They think they're giving God's word the highest place, but they're not because they right. start with a text and they rip it out of context. They yeah. springboard off into some kind of moralism, but they never actually address any type of sin, then especially sexual sin. Right. They they never call anyone to repentance. They never give the gospel. These messages are completely void of the gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, and so really, it's no wonder that America is being judged, you know, by the Lord. And where does judgment begin? In the house, the house of the of Lord. Lord. It begins in the house of the Lord. So, you, you know, and we look at all these churches across the across the land. And, you know, numbers are down, right? Their attendance is down, right? People aren't joining their church. Well, what, maybe maybe the Lord has removed your lampstand because mm-hmm. you've neglected his word, you know? <laughs> That's just, maybe there's, there, there's no more beacon of light to attract people because you are, you are not a, biller, a, a pillar and buttress of truth. Um, well, you've yeah, lost your saltiness. You've lost your saltiness. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. So you're trampled you, underfoot. And, and, and to quote, yeah, yeah. Let, hold on. Let, let, let me quote, let me quote Daryl, Daryl Harrison from the latest episode of, of Just Thinking. He says, many pastors today have lost their saltiness and, and they've, they've exchanged it for sugar, mm-hmm. right? They've, they're trying to be sweet and, and they're not salty anymore. They don't preserve. They, there's no benefit to them. Right. And, you know, and I would, when he said that, you know, I was thinking about this, you know what the problem with sugar is? When you so, leave it out, mm. it attracts bugs. The sugar, you leave good, sugar, man. leave candy out, right? That's it good. attracts bugs. Yeah. Yeah, that's good, brother. That's good. Um, well, and it's, it's brother, that there, there's, there's an incredible lack of, of, uh, of biblical fidelity and biblical courage. And 
um, a desire to herald yeah, it starts the message. With, it starts with men behind the behind the pulpit that aren't yep. men that don't have backbones. That's where right. it starts. Right, right. Uh, I want to read from a, a a great great resource and tool. Uh, this this book is entitled "God, Marriage, and Family: uh, Rebuilding the Biblical Foundation" uh, by Andrew Kostenberger. And, uh, and this is something he says um, in here. He says, "Quote." It is not only the world that is suffering the consequences of, of neglecting the creator's purposes for marriage and the family. The church, too, having lowered itself to the standard of the world in many ways, has become a part of the problem and is not offering the solutions, the solutions the world needs. Uh, not that Christians are unaware of their need to be educated about God's plan uh, for marriage and family, period, close quote. And, and that, that's absolutely right, brother. It's, it's, I mean, to the point you and I were just making, it's, 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 there's a, there's a lack of biblical courage and, and, a, and a lack of, of, uh, of, of heralding the message from the pulpit. Um, and, and that, that does bleed, bleed down into uh, what you see in the congregation and the home. Yeah. I mean, you got to remember uh, the, the Lord, the Lord is, has created these institutions for our protection and for our good. Uh, the institution of marriage, uh, the institution of family, the institution of the church, and the institution of government. Those are supposed to be the institutions that the Lord has has created, and they are th those institutions are supposed to honor Him. Um, especially if you're a professing believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, and we are all on this planet under those institutions, right. whether whether we acknowledge it or not, we are. Um, so, uh, so, so, so yeah, man, it's, I mean, it, it, when you look at that inside the church, it's, it's, it's terrible. It's terrible. Um, so, so here's, you know, we're, we're going to get into talking about a little bit of the, a uh, biblical, uh, sexual morality. Um, and as we do, let me, let me, I, I just want to, I just want to say this and then we'll, and then we'll, 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 we'll get into it. Um, what we're not doing. And, and I think that this is such a, it's it's such a hot button issue today because it flies right in the face of people's pride and sin. Um, and and you know what what we are not doing here and what we won't do here is we're not going to peddle such messages as we have seen from uh, from from people standing on on the side of the street corner saying God hates X Y Z um, uh, or, or, or anything like that, that, that is completely devoid of any sort of, or biblical love and is only filled with, uh, with, 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 with hate and scorn. Um, however, and this is important, you know, as, uh, as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, we've been set apart to be a people of truth. John 17, 17, we see Jesus's great high priestly prayer. We, and we, we've been prayed for by the Son of God himself, saying, sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. So those who profess and possess faith in the Lord Jesus Christ have been sanctified positionally by the washing of the water of the living word and are being sanctified progressively by the Holy Spirit's application of the written word, which conforms us more and more into the image of Christ, like we were talking about earlier. That said, we are to be people of all truth, absolute objective truth. We must exercise courage when it comes to how we approach this and all other matters of theology with courage, with fear of God, and with love for God and love for others. Um, so, you know, our goal in doing that is, is this, you know, Second uh, Timothy 4, or excuse me, Second Timothy 2, uh, 24 through 26 says this, and the Lord's slave must not be quarrelsome but be kind to all, able to teach, 
patient when wronged, with gentleness correcting those who are in opposition, if perhaps God may give them repentance leading to the full knowledge of the truth. And they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil, having been held captive by him to do his will. Um, so th that's our goal. That's what we want to do. Um, you know, uh, and so it's not hateful. It's not harmful. It's not hurtful. It's not mean or any other it's pejorative not mental abuse either. No, 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 no. It's not any, any other negative pejorative that some would throw at us or anyone else for that matter to stand for the truth of what scripture teaches. In fact, it's just the opposite. It's the most loving thing that one can do. That's um, and because there are massive warnings in scripture, um, against this. And so brother, where I thought we would start, if you're cool with that is just, I mean, this grave warning that we see in first Corinthians six. Um, so here we see the apostle Paul saying this in first Corinthians six, starting in verse nine. Well, actually, I think, go ahead. I think we need to go back further than that because, okay. because Paul's just reiterating something, but what he's reiterating is the law of God. And so so we can go we can go to Leviticus, but I think I, I think more important to go back to Farther. to just look at Genesis 19. And I, and I'm you know I'm not I'm not flipping there. I'm just referencing it. But Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah, I have it. God have it. destroyed an entire city because of this sin. Okay. Go. What, what were you gonna say? Well, I was going to say, I mean, let's go. I, I almost wanted to go back a little farther than that and just go to uh, what we see in, 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 in Genesis. Uh, you know, what we see, what we see in Genesis and how, how God has created, uh, how he created man and woman. Mm -hmm. That's how he, that, that was his design. Uh, that, that was, that was what he did. And in creating man and woman, there is a masculine and a feminine, uh, man being the masculine, woman being being the feminine. And so there's 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 a complementary nature that you see even in creation. Um and um and and so we we have to we, we have to make sure that that when when we are approaching sexuality, that 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 it starts, it has to start there. Uh, with everything we're seeing today as far as homosexuality, everything we're seeing today as far as gender confusion, um, we have to start at the beginning. We have to start at the beginning. And the beginning is that God, um, in, in his perfect wisdom, uh, created man and woman. Uh, a man shall, and, and then what he said is a man, the masculine, shall leave his uh, father and mother and hold fast to his wife, the feminine, and they, the man and the woman, shall become one flesh. So, so that's where, I mean, it's clear, it's clear in, in how God created that this is how, this, this is how, this is how the, how and the why now something else to think about is, um, the, 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 the roles, the complementary roles that God gave man and woman and in a homosexual relationship, you don't have that, right? You, you can't have that, um, so that's not there. They cannot participate. Even, even if you legalize homosexual marriage, they cannot participate in the God-given roles that he has given every man that or, or even is written the function, on their hearts. Right. Or even the function of creating the family. Because that was going to be the third you, thing. Yeah. Procreation. You can you can reject God all you want. You can believe evolution to be true all you want, but 
in homosexual relationships, should they even go on for another for a million years, a man will never be able to give birth. A man will never grow <laughs> ovaries, all right? He will bro. never grow a uterus in order yeah. to be able to produce a baby. He will never grow eggs to fertilize, and he will never be able to give birth the way a woman does right. because that is not how God made them. Right. Amen, brother. Amen. Amen. And right on. And so, um, so, I mean, we have to, we have to start with that standard that, I mean, and, and remember that there is a standard, um, in, in all matters of, of, of sexuality and sexual morality and immorality, there is a standard and the standard is God's word. <laughs> uh, the standard comes from God himself. And so, um, so yeah, brother, I just wanted to hit that real quick. And then, um, but bro, Sodom and Gomorrah, man, you know, in, in, in reading through, uh, my daily reading plan, I mean, I just came to this a few days ago. Um, and, um, man, you just, you just read through it and you read through it slowly. And, and as a believer, um, I mean, there should be a, a reaction to reading this. Uh, it should make you go, wow. Um, and a whole host of other reactions. So, um, but this is, this is what was, you know, going on. I, I just, I just wanted to read a little bit of this. Um, it says, then the two angels start in verse one, Genesis 19. Then the two angels came to Sodom in the evening as Lot was sitting, uh, was sitting in the gate of Sodom. Lot saw them and rose to meet them and bowed down with his face to the ground. And he said, now behold, my lords, please turn aside into your servant's house and spend the night and wash your feet. Then you may rise early and go on your way. They said, however, no, uh, but, but we shall spend the night in the square. Yet he, that being Lot, pressed them strongly. So they turned aside to him and entered his house, and he made a feast for them and baked unleavened bread, and they ate. Before they lay down, the men of the city, the men of Sodom, surrounded the house from young to old and all uh, from every quarter. And they called Lot and said to him, where are the men, where are the men, remember the, the men of the city, the men of Sodom, scripture says, came to Lot and they said, where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us so that we may know them. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, yes, yes, yes. But Lot went out to them at the doorway and shut the door behind them. I mean, so you can almost picture the scene, right? Real quick, open, shut the door. Um, and he said in verse seven, please, my brothers, do not act wickedly. Now, the slot speaking. Now, behold, I have two daughters who, who have not known a man. Please let me bring them out to you and do to them what is good in your eyes. Only do nothing to these men inasmuch as they have come underneath the, under the shelter of my roof. Okay, so I just want to stop there for a second. So the men of Sodom, saying a lot, we want to know them. And like you said, that's a euphemism. Um, they want to know them sexually. And he's saying, no, Lot's saying, no, 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 no. You know, here, look, I have two daughters who have never known a man. Do what you want. I mean, think about that for a second. How dire and how wicked, uh, how wicked what was wow i'm i'm it just it i'm i'm befuddled i i really am at at this and verse 9 says 
But they said, step aside. Furthermore, they said, this one came to sojourn, and already he has persistently acting like a judge. Now we will treat you more wickedly than them. So they pressed hard Man, against Lot. Doesn't that sound like today? Don't yes. speak against this, you judge. Don't judge right. you to judge Right. Us. Nothing new under the sun, brother. Um, pressed hard against Lot and stepped up to break the door. But the men reached out their hands and brought Lot into the house and with them and shut the door. Um uh, and, and the story goes on. I mean, the story is just no, amazing. Keep going. Keep going. Keep okay, going. cool. Cool, cool, cool. Because there's, um, there's a specific part I want you to get to. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, but the men reached out with their hands, brought Lot into the house, and shut the door. Uh, verse 11. But they struck the men who were at the doorway of the house with blindness from small to great, so that they wearied themselves trying to find the doorway. Okay, that's the part I wanted you to read. Verse 11. Okay. So <clears throat> these are men of the city that are trying to get to these angels okay, yeah. in order that they may have sexual relations with them. Right. The, the angels pull lot back into the house. They, sh and they strike the men of the city blind, mm -hmm. but in their blindness, it does not stop them. Nope. They are so wickedly depraved that they are still trying to get to the men. Yeah. That's what sins like this do. Yep. They produce in you so, even more so depravity that you just, and you, you see it when you get into Romans one, the, the, the depraved mind that doesn't think right. Mm -hmm. That even in blindness, you're struck blind. You can't see, right? The uh, John MacArthur speaking on this years ago was like, I think if I was struck blind, I'd be like, How'd I get blind? Wait, right, but right, not, right? but not thinking. these men. They're they're struck blind and they go. They're still trying to get to through the door to the men. That's how perverse sins like this are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amen. Well, and there there have been some over the years who um, who have tried to twist uh, Genesis nineteen and the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. That they, they've tried to put a pro homosexual interpretation and hermeneutic to it. And, and this is what they've said, that they've said that, um, that, that the reason the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah was because, um, and I guess we probably should have started out with this caveat of, hey, we are going to be talking about some things that could be, uh, if, if there are younger listeners uh, to the show, that uh, just, just you may want to listen to this first and, and, and exercise some, some parental oversight if necessary. Uh, of course, we're not going to be vulgar about stuff, but... Um, but there, but there are some in the the who have tried to spin a pro homosexual hermeneutic to this. Who have said that, that the reason he did this is because uh, they were wanting to gang up on someone, okay, um, and uh, and 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 know them that way. And, yeah, and um, so you see that. So you also see some of that in uh, Judges, Judges nineteen, yes, twenty one. Yes, um, yes, you do. Yep. Yes. Yep. That that you do. Um, but, but the thing is, is, um, you know, that, that never happened. Like the act of that never happened. Um, yet the Lord still destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Um, and, and, and by the way, it isn't just, and, and someone tried to say, well, it's just, it's just blanket sexual immorality. And there was just so much of this blanket sexual immorality, but no, Not if you go to Ezekiel 16. Ezekiel 16, Jude 6 and 7, 2 Peter 2, 4 through 10 as well. Mm -hmm. This is unnatural desires. Right. 
one for another. And that's why, I, you know, again, fa- translations do matter. That's why you want a faithful, good, solid word for word translation, NASB, LSB, if you have to do the ESV, okay. But, um, uh, you know, the, the LSB specifically says men, the men of Sodom, that they were, these angels were men. So, and uh, and, and a lot of people have used Ezekiel 16 to say, well, it was because of these sins of not taking care of the poor and, and uh, not being hospitality, Mm -hmm. hospitality, but what they're forgetting when you go through that vice list of sins, it ends with, and the abomination, Mm -hmm. only one of those is an abomination and it is the homosexuality, because when you get into Leviticus, the law of God, Mm -hmm. it's chapter 18, verse 22, it specifically says, a man shall not lie with another man. This is an abomination. Toeva, the same word toeva is used in Ezekiel 16 to mean that very sin, the abomination. Correct. Correct. Well, and keep in mind too that if if hospitality was the issue and Lot was the one who didn't, who was inhospitable, notice who was killed and who was saved. Right. So, again, that that dog don't hunt. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it doesn't. Um, so here we see. I mean, and this is something that that you know I've had conversations with 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 people over the years, and I've pointed this out. I'm like, do you not understand? The Lord literally wiped. Sodom and Gomorrah off the face of the earth. Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 you know, of course, because people love their sin, like what we see that even when they're blinded, they're still fighting for the doorway and fighting for that sin. People don't care. People don't, people don't care about the truth. They don't want the truth. They, they just want to be able to, uh, to, to continue along with, uh, with, with, with that, which they love, which is their flesh. So um, yeah, brother. Well, I, you know, I, I asked God into my heart and so he understands. Right. Know. Right. I'm, I'm assuming I'm on, the, I'm assuming upon the grace of the Lord. And that's what that is. Um, <laughs> right. I'm, yeah. Yeah. You may have asked him into your heart, but your heart's wicked and it needs to be changed. So yeah, you may have asked him into your heart, but guess what? He hasn't saved you. So you still have a heart of stone. So that's not that's the way right. that works. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and, and, and to be, to be honest, you know, when people say that, well, I've asked him in all they're, all they're really saying is, I just don't want to go to hell. Right. I want my get out of hell free card. Yeah. Yeah. I want my get out of hell free card. I don't, I don't actually want to live for Jesus. I don't want my life to bring glory to Jesus. I just don't want to go to hell. I want to live right. how I want, but I just don't want to go to hell for it. Right. Right. Amen, brother. Amen. Amen, brother. Well, look, looking at, you know, um, now flipping over to, um, Flipping over to First Corinthians, I mean, we 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 see, you know, so we see the Sodom and Gomorrah. We see that the Lord destroys Sodom and Gomorrah. Uh, go back and read read that. And I think what I'll do is, I, you know, in the show notes every week, I I put a link to the the read uh, lsbible.org. I'm going to put specifically a link to. All you do is click on the link. It'll take you to Genesis 19, to where you can read it. So, but when you the, the, there is a grave warning in Scripture, and there and, and it's important. To look at this in First Corinthians six, Paul says this, starting in verse nine. Or do you not know that the unrighteousness, the excuse me, do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, 
nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And I want to stop right there. I want to save verse 11 for the end. Um, but I want to stop right there for a second. Um, this is very clear. This is a, a, a grave and, and somber and sobering and should strike fear into your heart warning that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God, not the sexually immoral, not idolaters, adulterers, effeminate and homosexuals, thieves, greedy, drunkards, revilers, swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. You cannot be a practicing homosexual Christian and inherit the kingdom of God. You cannot be a practicing thief and call yourself, I'm a Christian thief. I'm a thief who's a Christian. No, that, that's not the way that works. Mm-hmm. Um, and for those who would try to say, you know, try to defend the whole homosexual word in scripture, it doesn't really mean that. Yes, it does. Yeah, it does. It, unnatural desires. Go ahead. What were you going to say? Yeah. Well, no, I was just not only just the, the, the word homosexual, arsenal coitus, but the word before it um, for effeminate, malakost. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, so malakos is actually a word that's leading into homosexuality because uh, what it means, how it's used is actually to mean the passive partner in the homosexual relationship. So then, so it says the passive partner and the homosexual, the one, the, the aggressor in committing the act. Correct. Um, but now that, that term <clears throat> So, so people will say, well, that term didn't exist. Paul made it up. And you know, that's true in a sense, but it's a compound word is what Paul's doing. Right. So what Paul's doing is he's uh, arsenal coitus. So, so coitus, you can hear the word coitus, right? Uh, right. Which means um, uh, the, the sexual act. Uh, or the marriage act, what, what one does in, in marriage, and then mm-hmm. arsenos, the bed. So the marriage bed, um, what one does in the marriage bed. So that's where the, uh, that, that phrase comes from, arsenal coitus, um, in the marriage bed. What uh, men do with men in the marriage bed is, is, is where that term comes from. And Paul, and Paul uses that term to be very clear right. about that. Yeah. Yep. Yes, he does. I mean, it, it, you can't, it's, it's, uh, you, you can't deny that it's, um, uh, you know, and, and, you know, another, another English translation, another English word you could use for that is sodomite. (laughs) So, um, uh, sodomite homosexual popular one anymore. No, no, it's not. Um, you know, so it's, uh, we, we, we do find it in scripture. It does mean that, um, but I think it's a, I think it's also uh, crucial and important to 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 point out what some of the other things that, that Paul says here. You know, uh, the sexually immoral. I mean, that kind of covers all of it, right? All of it. I mean, immoral sexually. Well, what does that mean? Well, it, 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 any sort of sexual. Let, let me let me preface this. Any sort of sexual thought or deed. Yeah. That's that. That's it. Right. Um, but then he moves towards, and and this is an important word too. The idolaters. Okay. Now, the reason that I, I point out how important that is, and we've already mentioned this, uh, that we were going to go here, but if you have your copy of God's word, turn over to Romans. 
Okay. okay. And yeah, hold on. So, so go ahead. let me go back to that word. Uh, so, so in the NA, in the NAS, it says fornicators. Right. In, in the LSB, it says the, the sexually immoral. Correct. Um, I think in the ESV, it may say sexually immoral too. I'm not, I'm, I don't know. I don't have it in front of me, but the word there um, comes from the word pornea. I just, I just looked it up just to make sure. Uh, yep. Pornos, pornea, yep. where we get the term pornography. Correct. So, so, and what, and that word is used all throughout uh, the New Testament to mean it's, but you, you'll see it as sexually immoral. And what right. that means is, as you just said, is every sexual act and desire outside of marriage. Correct. And out, really outside of or, God's ordained role of marriage. Correct. And we talked about that earlier, right? We talked about that earlier, the fact that that there are roles for men and women and the, and, the, and and inside the, the picture of marriage. Um, so anything outside of that is considered sexual immorality. Is considered Let me ask you a question. Pornos, what you got? Would you also include um, cohabitation in that? If you're sleeping together, yeah. Well, not just if you're sleeping together. Say if you're just living together. Oh, absolutely. Because, and I, I would too, for the simple fact that that Jesus says, and Jesus says, quoting back to to Genesis, that a man shall leave his mother and father and cling to his wife. Right. So, so you don't move in together before you're married. You move in together when you become married. Correct. Correct. Yeah, well, there's a and and the reason for that and and what one of the reasons to guard for that against is, to, to guard against there, there you go to guard against the sexual morality to guard against the uh, the sin of fornication but then but then from a just from a, a practical and, and and a heart standpoint cohabitation it, it leaves the door open right. right it's easy to break up with someone and just move out it's a lot harder to but you have to go through a lot more um, for for a marriage to end. Um, so so there 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 are multiple pros uh, um, and, and and commands in scripture as to why it is you are not to cohabitate before marriage. Very very important. Um, now back to this the fornicators and the sexually immoral. Um, you know I'm 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 thinking about Jesus's words in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew five uh, when he said you've heard it said. Uh, you have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Okay. So this is a big deal. This is, this is why um, the, the uh, uh, viewing of pornography and uh, is, uh, is, is, is awful. It's awful. It's destructive. It destroys homes. It destroys families. It destroys lives. Um, and 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 that applies here, that applies here. Um, and, you know, and by the way, ahead. if you're married, I, I just want to quote Justin Peters. When yeah, go we ahead. heard him yes. say, when we heard him say, you know, nothing says I hate my wife more. Yes. Than a man who looks at pornography. Amen. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's absolutely right. So so Paul goes on to say that you know. Um, he uses another word here uh, in in this passage, uh, idolaters, um, and 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 
it's it's an important word because this is where this is where it all starts. You know, an idolater is somebody who worships a false god. Um, uh, an idolater is a, a, anyone. If you're covetous, if you're you're coveting and desiring anything above Christ, it's idolatry. And when it comes to sexual sin, that's what its root is in pride and idolatry. So, so, you know, idol, idolater is not just someone who, who would, you know, worship Buddha um, or um, Muhammad or uh, somebody like that. I mean, no, no, this is when we think of these egregious sins that we're seeing in our culture today, when we think of the egregious and the, 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 the wicked sin of, of what, what we saw in Sodom uh, and Gomorrah and the reason the Lord destroyed them, that is idolatry. And, and we see Paul lay that out clearly in Romans chapter one, that it all starts with idolatry and then it moves down from there. Um, and so, so, this is, this is what the, 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 the word of God says in Romans 1, starting in verse 20. For since, for since the creation go of the to, world. Go, go to 18. You would, okay, 18. Okay. There's okay, two, yeah, yeah. two specific words in there. You got it. I got you. I got you. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. That's right. Yeah. The ungodly, mm-hmm. the unrighteous. Good call, bro. Those yeah. who hate God. And those who want to practice what is wicked and against God, they do what? Suppress the truth of God. That's right. They ignore it. They hold it down. Yep. Yep. That's it. That's it. Verse 19, because that which is known about God is evident within them, for God made it evident to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, both his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen being understood through what has been made so that they are without excuse, which by the way, we have done a multiple episodes on Romans one, go back and listen to them. Um, so uh, verse 21, continuing on for, even though they knew God, they did not glorify him as God or give thanks, but they became futile in their thoughts and their foolish heart was darkened professing to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God for an image in the likeness of corruptible man and of birds and four-footed animals and crawling creatures. All right, now hold on right there. Yep, that's so, where I was going to stop so too. In my Bible, I've highlighted 23, but I've, well, I've highlighted 22, but specifically 23, and I stopped at corruptible man. So, and I did that for, for a reason. Because so in verse 22, professing to be wise, they became fools. Well, if we look at all the people today, all the scientists that that, that are promoting uh, wicked sexual perversions, uh, and I'm not talking about homo- just homosexuality, I'm talking about right. the idea that a child can make the decision to transition into a different gender. Yeah. Okay, they're professing to be wise. They became fools, right? There's nothing more foolish than injecting a child with hormones that are not natural to their own body. Um, that does way more damage than you think. Yeah. They exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God for an image in the form of corruptible man. And what, so what we have done, what we see so clearly now, yes, we have idolaters that worship creatures and animals and birds and things of that nature but at the at the heart of it 
if we really want to get down to the root of it, what we have is we have a we have people who have sought to dethrone God and yes. elevate man into yes. his position. Yes. Yes. Yep. Yes. Yes. Well, and uh, I'm, I, I think back to Proverbs 1, the fear of Yahweh is the beginning of knowledge. Ignorant fools despise wisdom. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and so I, um, I share that verse in light of verse 22, professing to be wise, they became fools. Um, and, and by the way, if you want a good exercise to see what it looks like, um, you know, a, a good uh, difference and uh, of, of Romans 1 and what we see in the sins of Romans 1 as compared to true wisdom and what true wisdom looks like, just compare Romans 1 and what we see in 18 through 32 with all of Proverbs 1. From to know wisdom to the, enti- the enticement of sinners, the call of wisdom, uh, a great exercise for you to do. For the sake of time, I'm not going to do it here. I did do it earlier. Um, but look at what happens, right? The glory of yeah, the incorruptible. What's the consequence? Yeah, glory of the incorruptible. So it's idol worship. They've elevated idol worship. They started worship, worshiping that man over God. Therefore, here's the consequence. Therefore, God gave them over in the lusts of their hearts to impurity so that their bodies would be dishonored among them. Verse 25, for they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, God gave them over, there it is again, to dishonorable passions for their females exchanged the natural function for that which is unnatural. And in the same way also, the males abandoned their natural function of the female and burned in their desire toward one another. Males with males committing indecent acts and receiving in their own persons the due penalty of their error. Okay, I want to now, stop. I do like right the way the, personally, I like the way that the NAS reads better. It doesn't just say males, it says men, and it makes mm. the distinction because one of the arguments, um, for a a pro-homosexual argument is that it wasn't just uh, men with men, is that because of where uh, Rome is, it's on a port city, and one thing that was going on was pederasty, Mm, was that older men were enticing younger boys, adolescent boys, Mm -hmm. that way. Well, that's not the case, and I think the NAS lays it out clearly where it says, no, the men burned in their lust for one another men with men mm. so I, I i i just think that's a good distinction right there that this wasn't men with boys this wasn't just males with males this was men with men good point bro it's a good point it's a good call out good call out for sure but but yeah. even go okay, go okay so so keep going there's a consequence in that so so not yep. just the consequence that god gave them over in the consequence that God gave them over and they're pursuing the lusts of their, of their passions and their hearts, there's a consequence in that too. Absolutely. There is a consequence in that verse 28. And just as they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them over to an unfit mind to do those things, which are not proper, having been filled with all unrighteousness, wickedness, greed, evil, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malice. They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, violent, arrogant, boastful, inventors of evil, 
disobedient to parents, without understanding, untrustworthy, unloving, unmerciful. And although they, uh, although, I'm sorry, sorry, excuse me. And although they know the righteous requirement of God, that those who practice such things are worthy of death, they not only do the same, but also give hearty approval to those who practice them. Yeah, the phrase there, soon eudakeo, to give hearty approval. It's almost, it almost means to give a standing ovation. Yep. Where have we seen what, that before? Yeah, to, to what's going on there. So they not only practice these things, they applaud. They, they, they give roaring applause to those who do the same thing. Right, brother. Right, right. So, I mean, Scripture is pain, painfully and uh, uh, painfully clear. I mean, it, it, it's very, very clear that, that those who practice these things, those who give approval to these things, um, are judged. Period. Are judged. Are being judged. Not will be judged. Are being judged. We see here in Romans one the wrath of God's abandonment, and the wrath of God's giving over and giving them a shove in the direction that they want to go. Right. They're desiring this, and so what does God do? This is where you want to go. Go. Right. Go. I'm gonna. And apart from, apart from the miracle of salvation apart from the miracle of that spiritual heart surgery of, of, of the Holy Spirit removing this heart of stone and replacing it with a heart of flesh and removing the veil from their eyes, they will be sprinting at breakneck speed towards, towards what they deserve, what we all deserve apart from Christ. Yeah. Right. Yeah. This, because like we, we believe in, total depravity right right that apart from christ we desire sin Mm -hmm. but here what we see and and this was all us at at one point or another right this is what what, what's what's in here is at one point every single believer amen the only thing that brings you out of this and this is where we can get back you you can take it back to to First Corinthians six. That's exactly what I was going to do. Yep. The only thing that gets you out of here, heading down that slope at full speed, is mm-hmm. the gospel of Christ. This is why it is so important for these things to be taught from the pulpit. Yeah. But also the gospel to be proclaimed from the pulpit. And why is that, Chris? When the word of God is proclaimed, when the gospel is proclaimed, the gospel is what the Holy Spirit uses to to bring about repentance and salvation. Right. Romans chapter 10, how will they know if they do not hear and how will they hear if there's no one preaching? I'm paraphrasing a little bit. So, so the reason that the gospel and, and the reason that every church, look, there's no such thing and and stick with me for a second. There's no such thing as an elder led church. It's a Christ-led church. It is. It is. Christ is at the center. As its center, the 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 elders are following the lead of Christ and His Word, and and just helping to regulate what's going on. Okay. So the reason that that this is so crucial that the, these issues and more um, uh, are are dealt with 
starting from the pulpit. They're starting from the proclamation of the counsel of God, the living word of God. The, the, the Bible is living and active, sharper than two, any two-edged sword, cutting to the bone and the marrow. It, it lays us open. Uh, the, 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 the whole counsel of God and the word of God is what the spirit of God uses in our, our positional and initial uh, sanctification and for our progressive sanctification. The, the Holy Spirit of God uses the word of God in, in our commitment to our own self-denial and dying to self and laying down our desires, uh, laying down our pride, laying down our sin, going to war with our sin, and ultimately with the goal being to conform us more and more into the image of Christ until the day that either he returns or calls us home. That is why it is crucial. It is crucial to teach the scriptures, to exposit the scriptures, not to stand up and make it your comedy hour and to yell and scream and rant and rave and tell jokes and, and motivational speeches and self-help. No, absolutely not. Self-confidence is, 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 is death. It needs to be self-denial. And where do you find that? You only find that when the word of God is proclaimed. That's right. And that brings, that's the only thing that can bring about 1 Corinthians 6, 11, such were some of you. Yeah. That's everything you just said right there. Yes. Bring, this is the result of. Yes. Such were some of you. You were this, you are not anymore. But right. that only comes in the proclamation of the word, in teaching the scriptures, the full counsel of God, in teaching and proclaiming the gospel, right? It's not just saying you need the blood of Christ. Well, what does that mean? Is that important? Do what, what, what about the blood? You know, don't just give one aspect. They need the whole thing because it's all important because that's what leads us to being the such were some of you. Some of you were fornicators. Yeah, look, look, let's just, let's take all these. Some of you were fornicators. Yeah. You're not anymore. Some right. of you were idolaters. You're not anymore. Some of you were adulterers. You're mm. not anymore. Some of you were the effeminate. You're not anymore. You were homosexuals. You're not anymore. You were thieves. You were covetousness. You were drunkards. You were revilers and swindlers. But you're not anymore by the grace of God and the proclamation of his gospel. Well, I love, and such were some of you. But yes, there's that word, but God, and here's that Paul, Paul saying the same thing to the, to the church at Corinth, as were some of you, but you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the spirit of our God as were some of you. And, and this, listen, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, we don't say all this. We haven't said any of this stuff as far as it relates to homosexuality, uh, any sort of sexual immorality. We don't say this from a place of being high and mighty, sitting up on some sinless throne. No, we have to remember to Drew's point. We have to recall to mind, as the apostle Paul said, as were some of you. Remember, it's not too late for anyone still breathing on this earth. 
right. the yeah, Lord. Yeah. So go ahead. Go ahead. Well, well, I was just going to say, let, let me be open and honest and, and confess right now. Okay. Cause some, some people might listen and go, um, so, so, so are you saying like you were like, to your point, like, oh, so you were perfect. Like you didn't, you didn't commit any sexual sin or, or <laughs> any of this. Okay. Look, let me oh. tell you, um, that's not true. Uh, I, I have committed sexual sin in my life. Same. Okay. I have, I'm going to confess that to you. So, so if you want to say, oh, well, you know, you did it. Therefore I should be able to, uh, no, no, I have to give account for my sin. Right. You have to give account for your sin. Right. Right. Because I have sinned doesn't therefore justify your sin. Okay. (laughs) In you doing it. So I have sinned, but guess what? That's, that's why God brings us to repentance. Right. You have sinned. That's why God has brought you to repentance. The conviction of 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 that sin, the the Holy Spirit working in us, what sanctifying that the setting apart and convicting us of sin, Mm. moving us more into the image of God. We have been washed. We are not that anymore. So, while Yes. Every single person has committed sin and, and all of this uh, this vice list right here this basically covers every single person in history yeah, absolutely every single person right every single person okay so so maybe you're not a fornicator but i guarantee you according to jesus when he talks about lust in the heart i guarantee you you fall under that okay That's why, therefore one of the reasons number he yourselves that. among yep. the adulterers and the fornicators okay you right there with us homie okay um idolaters we Okay, the only way to not commit idolatry is to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength for every moment of every day, never putting anything above him. Do we do that? No. Why? Because we have a fallen nature, right? The the salvation we experience right now is only in part, right? Mm-hmm. We still have to deal with indwelling sin. Therefore, mm-hmm. we have to we have to wage war against the idols in our life that constantly come up. That's okay? right. That's right. Uh, uh, covetousness, right? Just the idea of wanting what someone else has. Oh my gosh, right. Hello, yep. Yep. We're looking for a new house, okay? I right. can't tell you how many houses I drive by and I go, I want your house. And if I could <laughs> take it from you, I would. Okay? <laughs> that get, That's covetousness, right? Mm. <laughs> you know? But drunk, look, being a drunkard, okay? Scripture doesn't say drinking is a sin. It says drunkenness is a sin, Okay. Have I, I can, I can tell you right now, I have been a drunkard in my life. Okay. I've been passed out on bathroom floors. Okay. I'm just going to be honest. Okay. St. Patty's day, drink green alcohol, you know, this, you know, man, I'm confessing, bro. <laughs> but All right, man. Come on. Come on. But, well, you know, this, right. you know, this thing to think about brother, look, something I've been, I, I, you know, I'm studying Romans right this year so far, mm-hmm. Romans, Romans 221. Listen to this. You, therefore, who teach another, do you not teach yourself? Exactly. When I first read that verse, it stopped me in my tracks. Because what a fantastic question to, to ask of, of ourselves. Listen, you know, yes, we're on a podcast. And, and, and uh, <laughs> let's see how far I'm going to go with this. Um, you know, there's, there's been some uh, some... Uh, some slander that's gone around since our episode, what we did about you know, Mark Driscoll. Um, mm-hmm. there, there, there's, there's, there's been something uh, 
some, some slander that has gone out there and basically accusing, uh, accusing us of, uh, of, of not doing this, of not examining ourselves, not, you know, um, uh, are, are you guys perfect? Well, you mean you never sin? Well, I know for a fact you've done this and you've done that and you've done the other. And it's like, well, of course we have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. There, there have oh, been moments that, that we, now fallen. I know what you're talking about at first I was like, really? We have, now I know, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like, you know, do, do, those you do not teach, do you not teach yourself? Well, yes, yes, we do. We're constantly asking ourselves this question and praise be to praise be to God for his grace and long suffering. Praise right. be to God for his patience and, and, and the progress of sanctification. Praise be to God for that because yes, absolutely. We have fallen. You know, Romans 7, that which we want to do, we don't do. And what we don't want to do, we end up doing. The, the wrestle, we have a new nature in Christ, but we still wrestle with the flesh. Right. There is a duty that we have of self-denial. Let me let me read this quote of, right. with, of Thomas yeah. Watson. Go ahead. And, and but, uh, you know, I, I do wrestle with myself and self-denial, and I don't even have to hide behind a fake name to do it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. But it's like, you know, no, no, we're not perfect. No, no one is. No one is. No one uh, other than the Lord Jesus Christ himself have ever, has ever walked this earth and been sinless. That's it. Thomas Watson said this, quote, self-denial is the first principle of Christianity. It is the lifeblood which must run through the whole body of religion. Self-denial is learned not out of the topics of philosophy, but the oracles of scripture. So as we as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, as we, how, how do we, how do we battle against this? How do we battle against the, um, the, all of these sins, sexual immorality, idolatry, adultery, effeminate sin, period, pride, all of it. Well, just keep reading first Corinthians six. Okay. Specifically as it relates to sexual immorality, verse 12, all things are lawful for me, but not all things are profitable. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be mastered by anything. Food is for the stomach and the stomach is for food, but God will do away with both of them. Yet the body is not for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord is for the body. Now God has not only raised our Lord, but will raise, will also raise us up through his power. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take away the members of Christ and make them members of a prostitute? May it never be. Or do you not know that, that the one who joins himself with a prostitute is one body with her? For he says the two shall become one flesh. But the one who joins himself to the Lord is one spirit with him. Flee sexual immorality. Every other sin that a man commits is outside the body, but the sexually immoral man sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is a sanctuary? of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom, whom you have from God and that you are not your own, you were bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body. <laughs> I think people don't, don't think about that often. The fact no. that a price was paid. Right, right. Had to, it, a, a payment had to be made for yes. my body, yes. for me. Yes. It's not yours, right? You know, it, it's it's it, it's not yours. I, I think uh, as soon as you said that, I thought of you know, a, a familiar passage for all of us. But Galatians two twenty, for I've been crucified with Christ. 
And it is no longer I live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. I mean, you can also move into uh, Romans 6, you know, shall we continue in sin so that grace may abound? May genoita, may it never never be. be. For how how can we who have died to the flesh continue to live in it? Yep. Yep. It, it, it's the same idea being crucified in Christ, therefore died to the flesh. That's it, brother. That's it. I mean, so each of us has, we, we have a, a, a duty, a duty to, uh, to, to deny, uh, to deny ourselves, to deny our will, uh, to deny our sin, to go. I mean, we've talked about the mortification of sin. We've talked about the doctrine of repentance. Um, you know, but we have to understand this, that when, when Christ in Luke 9 said this, and he was saying to all of them, if anyone wishes to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Um, this is this is crucial that we that we understand that we are to deny ourselves. I mean, this is this is a this is a command. It's a it's a forceful command. It's it's saying, let it be, let it be, Thomas Watson said, let it be enacted, let it be so that you would deny yourself, that you would take up your cross. The, the cross is an instrument of death. You're crucifying those desires, those, those sins that, 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 that are, are just wicked in, to God. And, and, and according to the word of God, you, and you, you, uh, to, to quote Josh when, when on the yet I a sinner episode, when he said, you grab your sword and you hack them to pieces. Like what, what, what you see in the story of Agak, mm-hmm. you go to war with, with, with those desires. That's right. That's right. That's it. And, and listen, you know, Charles Haddon Spurgeon said this quote, we must never cease to pray. No case is hopeless while Jesus lives. Period. Close quote. God is in the business of bringing the dead back to life. And we see it every time he, as we talked about earlier, the story in Ezekiel, how he, he, he removes this heart of stone and gives us a heart of flesh, the gospel and how he does that. And we just said it is through the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, through granting repentance and um, through, through the, the, the work of the, of the spirit, through the word of God, um, we experience new life in Christ. And so if, you know, just kind of starting to wrap up, uh, if you have or are dealing with any of these sins, these uh, any sort of sexual immorality, um, uh, you know, Paul, Paul gave us the recipe, flee from that, uh, flee from that, um, flee to Christ. Um, and again, to quote our brother, Josh Lothless, you know, I mean, picture yourself at the foot of the cross, committing that sin that you love so much. Uh, trust me, it, it, it changes things <laughs> when you, yeah. when you, when you, when you do that, what were you going to say, brother? I saw you getting ready to say no, something. No, no, no. I wasn't going to say anything. Oh, okay, cool. Um, you know, so, but, but just understand that, that, that there is, while you're on this side of heaven, there is hope um, and, 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 and hope has a name and there is grace and it's a gospel of grace. And, and it's, it's a gospel of grace that has been fulfilled and completed by none other than the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Um, you know, behold, today is the day of salvation. If you've never confessed Christ as Lord, if you've never, um, if you've said, well, he's my savior, but he's not my Lord, then he's neither. Then you need to repent of your sin. You need to turn to Christ. You need to run and sprint to Christ, confess your sin to him, turn from that sin and flee from that and race towards the Lord Jesus Christ with everything you have understanding that it is the life, death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, 
that's what you have hope in. Um, so if you've fallen in this area um, as a believer, confess those sins to the Lord. Uh, find someone to confess them to. James talks about the, 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 the beauty that we experience in the, uh, in, in the confessing our sin to one another. Uh, and, and turn from that sin, confess that sin. There is forgiveness. There is restoration um, should you fall. Um, so um, I, 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 I wanted to wrap up my thoughts with that is there is hope. There is hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. We don't assume upon his grace, but we rest in his grace. Yeah. yeah. So uh, <clears throat> some may say, well, you know, I'm just born this way. Well, I would, I would agree with you. And I would say we're all born sinners. Yeah. Which is why we need to be born again, mm. which is why you need the power of God to draw you to himself and change your heart yeah. uh, from a heart of stone into a heart of flesh. Right. Um, you know, we have all, we have all had our different bends toward different sins, mm. but the power of God can change that that's right and he will cry out to the lord and believe on the lord you know and i love what Bodhi says well how do i know if no just repent and cry out to believe and cry out to the lord but what if i no 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 just repent and believe cry out to the lord okay so i want to say that to you how do i how do you know that god will say well repent of your sin believe on the Lord. And when I say believe on the Lord, I mean the believe and trust and lay hold of the gospel of Christ. That is that Christ came born of a virgin. Okay. He lived the perfect life. We could not live. He lived out the perfect standard of God's law. That's right. Procuring me or obtaining perfect righteousness. And then he went to the cross. He went to the cross, suffered and died in our place. Mm. He bore the full weight of the wrath of God as our substitute in order to satisfy the wrath of God. Yeah. He was buried and he rose again on the third day, solidifying the work that he did. Right. David the king of Israel went to the grave and he's still there. But Christ, the king of kings, went to the grave and rose again. Okay? He is Amen. seated on his throne, the perfect king, the perfect savior. And if you will believe on him and the things that he did in your place that you could not do for yourself, if you went to the cross you would not satisfy the wrath of God. You would, because you are an imperfect sacrifice. It needed to be the perfect 100% spotless lamb of God to be sacrificed, to satisfy the wrath of God. And when you believe on him, when you repent of your sin, when you believe on him, what happens? Your sin is then nailed to the cross. And then Christ's righteousness is credited to you. So that then you are looked at as though you had always obeyed the law of God perfectly. So that when God looks at you, he doesn't see you. He doesn't see your sin. 
whether it be fornication or homosexuality or whatever. He doesn't see you because you have been changed and you have been covered by Christ. He sees Christ. He right. sees the white robes of Christ's righteousness. Right. Amen. And then when he looks at the cross, he sees your sin paid for. So why would you who have been covered in the white robes of Christ's righteousness seek to go and return to the pig pen? No. Believe on Christ, trust in Christ, and you will find him to be the perfect Savior. Amen. Because oh. I was going to stop there, but Don't and stop this, this is going to tie back to, to the whole Canada nonsense. Because as Paul says here in verse 11, such were some of you. That's good. You were. But because you have been washed in the blood of Christ, sanctified, meaning set apart by the Holy Spirit, and then justified, declared not guilty, this has been done in the name of Christ Jesus by the Spirit of God. Such were some of you. Repent of your sin. Turn from it. Turn to Christ. Believe on Christ. Cry out to Christ. And you will find yourself to be such were some of you. Amen. Amen. That's a good place to end, brother. That's the best place to end with the gospel. Amen. Amen. Well, hey, we want to we want to thank you so much for listening to this episode of Matter of Theology. As always, uh, if you have benefited from this, uh, please feel free to leave us a review. Um, and anything we can do for you, if we can be praying for you, reach out to us through the socials. Um, and uh, and we we sincerely appreciate you. Uh, that's it for this one. We'll catch you on and go to the Matter of Theology store. Get your merch. Okay, that's it. That's it. There's I will have a lots link. of stuff. Okay. Lots of lots of t-shirts to choose from. Make the church regulative again. Okay. We love that regulative principle of <laughs> worship. It. Reckless love is reckless worship. Just That's true. saying. You ain't got to take my word for, for it. Okay. Um, <laughs> get a coffee mug. Get something. Get a hoodie. You know. I love you, man. All right. Well, there you go. Season three, episode one of the books. Thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you on the next one. Good day.